You want to find your tribe of raving fans. And that's just what we're here to help you do. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media, where we help entrepreneurs build better businesses by not only sharing insights and candid conversations, but by nurturing our minds as well. Get ready to explore, plan, and showcase your business, because here we go. Here's your host, Chief Strategist of 360 Media and Educator at TacticalProgram.com, Justin Lamb. Hey everybody, welcome to again to another show for Digging Deep Podcast, where we help business owners build better businesses. And today I'm here with a Pablo Lettis uh, from Gatesbridge. He is the COO and co-founder. And Pablo, welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here, Justin. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into the role that uh, you're in? Oh, well, it's a long story, but I guess the short of it is... Um, um, so I'm actually originally from Mexico. So I immigrated to Canada in 1999 with one hand in front of another. Um, and I used to be a photographer, believe it or not, when I was uh, in Mexico doing 3D rendering and mostly on the digital side of things. I arrived to Canada and I quickly had to change my profession because I didn't know anybody. And, um, and so I, I, um, I, you know, I had to find something that um, I could apply my skills but I also was very interested in finance. So it was a change from photography to finance, believe it or not. <laughs> and, um, and then I started um, doing a few things. So I started trading stocks and futures, both for myself. And then as I had some success for, um, you know, just friends and family, that kind of thing. Um, and then I got into uh, different kinds of businesses. I've always been an entrepreneur at heart. Um, so I, I actually uh, got into a partnership at that time also with a, um, uh, a football a soccer football soccer buddy and we started uh, importing pots and planters from Vietnam and China and we put up these uh, uh, short lease uh, uh, little pop-up uh, real, real um, retail stores where we would just blow these uh, these um, different uh, pots and planters out of the you know, out of those stores we had some success on that, but we didn't see eye to eye, but I learned a lot about the, the retail space. Um, but I also, the, the reason I'm talking about this story is because I also learned that my partner at the time owed a whole bunch of money to CRA. And so, <clears throat> because uh, a lot of it was at stake as far as my investment, I ended up negotiating with CRA in a, you know, for, on, on his behalf. And I actually ended up being very successful at the negotiation. Sorry, my cat here is, 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 is bugging me a bit. Um, anyways, uh, what happened after that is I went, on, I went back on my own, kept on trading stocks and futures. And then uh, after that, I, I was hired uh, by my, used to be my neighbor at the time to see if I could go open up uh, the Mexican market on an energy, uh, sort of renewable energy deal that he had. So went back to Mexico, back and forth between Canada and Mexico for a while. Um, and I was very successful at negotiating some pretty deep and complicated uh, agreements with, with, between governments, um, uh, key J, you know, joint ventures with stakeholders. And uh, I did that for about four years. And then I was exhausted because I was traveling between Canada and Mexico like crazy. Um, but I built a lot of, of knowledge around um, like I said, negotiating as well as finance on, on how to finance these deals. We ended up actually raising quite a bit of capital um, 
and involving a whole bunch of different people in this. Um, so at the time, like I, you know, I was spending on a, uh, I was spending time on a plane almost every other day between Canada and Mexico, and I was I was fed up with that. So I came back uh, to Canada. This is in 2013 now, and just kind of settled back in here. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I started actually uh, uh, doing debt consulting. So I, I started helping business owners that had gotten into some kind of a debt situation that wasn't really working for them. And I ended up just working with them to, to renegotiate that. And I did that for, that, that's actually how I got, I got into BNI. And I did that for about six years or so. Um, and during this time when I was helping these people sort of renegotiate or sometimes get into a bankruptcy or something like that, what happened was, sorry, my cat here is really bugging me. Um, they, they really, I really, I mean, they were really desperate to figure out how to do the consult, the, the, the debt side of things. But then I also saw that there was an opportunity to help them get financing. They didn't have to declare bankruptcy, but there's ways to, figure it out on the debt side, on the, on the, um, on the debt side. So just getting, you know, like a good, healthy debt structure. Um, and through that, I met my, my current partner, Spencer. Um, this was about two years ago. And then it was interesting because it was through BNI. He, you know, this, you know, we were introduced by a gentleman that came to visit one of my, one of my chapters. Um, and then, you know, we, I approached him and I said, well, I want to do this business. And he was like, well, I'm doing it too. So basically the conversation was, you know, we have two options. One, we can become competitors or we can become partners at the time, right? And to make a long story short, we became partners and we started this company called Gatesbridge. At the beginning, this was two years ago, it was just him and I uh, doing uh what we thought was uh, offering business owners a an option to the market, which was usually when a business owner or uh, an entrepreneur is looking for money, they either go to the bank, um, you know, they knock on the door at the bank and whoever is there is, you know, they, they're going to say, well, I like a loan for my business, if it's existing business, or um, if it's a, if it's a startup, then it has, you know, its own kind of nuances. But at the end of the day, they end up with a bank and the bank either says yes or no. And at the time, if they get yes, well, that's great. They're going to get the terms that are presented to them and off they go. Or if they get a no, then they say, oh, well, what do I do now? And most likely, if it's one of the five banks, if one of them says no, the rest are going to say no too, okay? And, and so... Um, you know, through our contacts and, and, and just having these experiences, we thought, you know, this is a good opportunity to, to give, you know, to give the marketplace, a, a, you know, another solution. If you think about the mortgage, the mortgage space, for example, you know, there's mortgage bro brokers everywhere. And what they do is they have access to a whole bunch of lenders and they package up a solution for the clients. And so it's very similar with us where, we just do it for the business, you know, the business owners and the business uh, space. And so that's that's the long the long answer to your question. And uh, and there's lots more that I can talk about that, but you know, I'll, I'll let you step in here for a bit. Amazing. So so basically, you know, um, you know, for those people who are listening, it's 
much like a MIC, but for business loans. So, uh, so you'll have you'll have investors, obviously, that uh, that help fund and create a pool, and obviously you you create a rate of return for the individual, and then with that you um, have the loan that goes off to a business owner who is you know applying for for a little bit of help. Uh, and then, of course, you lay out the terms just like a bank would, um, and then you know you you basically you make money on the difference uh, between the the amount that you have to remunerate to the shareholders of your of your business line, um, and then uh, the individuals who are borrowing from you. Is that correct? Yes, uh, yes and no, because no. we are very much. Um, um, brokers in the sense that we we do connect the lenders the actual lenders which in many cases are just uh, um, funds in some cases or just sometimes it's private individuals with deep pockets that have capital available for deployment um, so we'll connect those two dots um, but uh, we are in the process of bringing our own fund online it's a, it's a five million dollar fund that'll hopefully go online this year much, much earlier than the end of this year, but it'll be at some point uh, in the next few months. Um, and so that's in the works very much. And this is just purely a few investors that have made capital available to us to deploy. Um, just, just out of the nature of our business, we get a lot of deal flow. You know, a lot of people come looking for money. Um, and so we have a very good opportunity to kind of pick and choose where do we want to deploy this capital to. So we have a good, good, you know, a, a very good uh, setup for our investors um, where we really, you know, want to make sure that their capital is, is safe and they're going to get a good return on investment. Fantastic. So people who are listening here, I think would get really good value in terms of, you know, when they're presenting their, their situation to somebody like you, or of course, even though to a bank, you know, what type of things do you, they need to consider before going to ask for funding, um, you know, so that they don't look like fools or don't waste their time trying to go and get funding when more than likely the funding will not sort of follow through. Are there some key indicators, some things that, you know, they need to have in hand or at least understand about their business before they should even attempt that? Yes, 100%. Um, I think that one of the biggest mistakes that, uh, you know, let's, let's just talk about like uh, entrepreneurs, so somebody who started a startup, let's just talk about a startup for a second. So startups are, are unique in the sense that there are some great programs out there for, you know, that's accessible to, to, to you know, to entrepreneurs that want to start a business, especially, you know, if you are women entrepreneurs right now is an area that is a lot of uh, impulse for. Um, and it's just pure out entrepreneurs. Usually what happens with that space is there's a lot of, um, uh, there's a lot of black rooms around that because, you know, one idea is just, you know, go and get out, go and get some, you know, friends and family capital, you know, friends and family to invest, uh, to, to get, get the seed money to start a business. Um, and then there's the idea that, you know, I'm just going to walk into a bank with a good business plan and they'll fund me. Sometimes they'll do that. The reality is not very often, uh, especially right now with COVID. Um, so what we bring to the table is we want to be in the conversation very as early on as possible, right? 
sometimes we'll find uh, either an entrepreneur or an existing business owner where they've already shopped it around and they're still not having success. So they'll come to us in a bit of a emergency mode trying to see well, what do I do now, right? Or they've already gone somewhere and we're like, well, that's great, but we could have potentially done something better, right? Um, so this is where it gets a little, we're, we're very much an early stage company in that sense. You know, we're, we're making a lot of progress, um, but people don't know about us enough right now where they, you know, we wish we, we could just be the, the, the first stop, right? Because then we can say, great, um, you know, this, you know, now that we understand your project and what you're trying to do, this is what we think you should be. And we would connect them with that source of capital. Because end of the day, the terms, um, the rates, everything will be better in the long run, right? And we're very much a company where we're not just about, you know, hello, Mr. Businessman, we're gonna connect you to the source of capital, good luck and see you later. We're very much about getting, you know, um, building a relationship with our clients and being long-term long uh, kind of partners in the financing side with them. Um, so we do we do, do do that quite a bit. An example, I'll give you some examples to make that more um, you know more tangible. Uh, a gentleman approached us um, because they're purchasing a business, an existing business. The business has been around for 12 years. Um, great financials. Um, and so he came to us. He had already approached a couple of banks. And you know, we looked at the term sheets from the banks and we're like, you know. I think we can do better. And sure enough, we were able to um, kind of get, is, we don't shop things around, just to want to make that clear. We don't go around and be like, hey, who's the best bidder at this thing? We've got the relationships with the banks and the lenders where we know what's the appetite for, for that specific type of business. And we'll present that maybe to one or two, if the, you know, so we'll have A, B or C levels. So if we go to A and A is like, yeah, I like this, let's go. Um, we will then go in that direction. But here's the key thing that most people don't do is they never negotiate. You know, usually they get presented with a term sheet like, oh, this looks great or they don't like it, but that, that's, where it's, that's where it ends. Whereas we as representatives of our client, we, we have very little emotion on the, you know, on that side, on the side of the deal. So we're very practical and we will be able to offer or talk on the behalf of our of our client to the lender, and be like, okay, this is great, but you know, would you be would you all be open to this option, or would you be open to maybe uh, you know longer term, or there's different ways of structuring things, and that's really the value that we you know that we bring as Gatesbridge is that experience on. We know you know one of my partners always says we know we know Bankanese, <laughs> the language of Bankanese. And, and so we'll know how far they'll be willing to explore opportunities or, or, or alternatives. Whereas uh, a lot of times the, the, the business owners, you know, won't even think about that. Yeah. And so out of the curiosity, and, and what, what is your take on that? I think, you know, when, when a business owner gets presented with that, I mean, they feel maybe a level of scarcity. And at that moment, they don't think that that is a viable option. They don't believe that, you know, they believe that, if they were to sit on it for too long or not, or, or, or have a comeback to that, you know, that, that deal is off the table. Do you feel like that that's the, the general consensus 
that yeah. why people don't decide to negotiate? I think it's um, so time time strains could be one. The other one is, you know, when you're sitting at a bank that's uh, you know an RBC or a TD, you know, I don't think people think there's there's much to you know there's much room to negotiate on that, right? As an example, right? Um, and it's not that we're negotiating the terms and the rates, it's more we may be negotiating or not even negotiate, we may be presenting alternatives, which the bank will be like, well, that's a good idea. Why don't we try that? Versus, you know, that might be more in line with what the, with the customer or the client wants. You know, we always, you know, we're very much a people people company. We're not, we're not just about the numbers at all. Um, we just had a, a, a meeting last week. This is a potential $25 million uh, uh, round of, of financing, right, for, for a company, a local company. And, you know, these guys are around, you know, they're, they're trying to get financing. They've been at it for a couple months now, not too much. Um, and they always start the, the conversation the same way. You know, they put up the slides, they've got a pitch deck, and they go through the slides. And if I'm a banker, you know, I'm kind of ticking the boxes of is this, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, is this meeting my needs? Is this meeting my requirements? The way we started the, the conversation with these guys was like, let's, let's shut down the slides. Let's, let's hear the story. Let's find out of who is the, uh, you know, who, you, who are you guys really? What kind of financing is ideal? You know, so we're very much, we're very different. We really bring the humanity to the, to the space, I find, right? Fantastic. And so how does something like Shark's Tank or um, Dragon's Den then uh, skew the perception of the general business populace in terms of about uh, venture capitalists and people who are willing to be, um, you know, financiers of business and where they're giving up equity uh, and whatnot? Does that, does that color a lot of the discussions that come in? Uh, you know, how does it affect your business? You know, what are some misconceptions that people really don't understand because you know it's easier just to watch and consume it and be all amped that somebody's going to buy in for their business? Yeah, yeah, great question, great question, Justin. Um, well, you know, it's called Shark Tank for a reason, right? Uh, those guys know very well. Um, what they're worth, they know very well the connections that what their connections that they have are worth. Um, they will quickly test, you know, whoever's presenting uh, what their, their their depth of knowledge is, and the reality is they're going to try and take as much as they can. That's going to be the they're going to start there, and if they're good negotiators on the other side, you know, they'll they might be able to get a good deal in the, the day. Um, for us, it's it's starting at the ground level number one, which is what's the best, um, you know, what's the best scenario for both parties, both the investor and the, you know, either the entrepreneurs or the or the business owners, right? Because uh, one of the worst things you can do is get it. You know, ultimately, it's, it is a partnership, and once you're in that partnership, that's it. You know, it's very hard to get out of it. Um, we were actually discussing this, you know, just before this call with another group that is interested in, in purchasing a, a portion of a company, and you're only buying one percent of this company, right? And it sounds pretty good. They're going to be putting, you know, a certain amount of money, but there's a clause in the agreement that says that it's a non-compete. So even if it's one percent and they don't get along, they are done for a while. 
because they will not be able to do business on their own for, for, you know, for a period of time. So these are the things that a lot of times I think, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's the un, unspoken about things that are underlying on these, on these, on these deals. And, you know, they ended up hiring us because we are helping them kind of see all these little nuances that if they do decide to move forward in this, in this partnership, they, they talk about all these things that are probably not being said or not, you know, they don't even know, but the other guys are very aware of, right? Like the company they're, they're getting into, they're, they're smart, you know, there's, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's super important. I think a lot of, um, People, especially when they're starting out, you know, the, the deal sounds great, but everything is always in the details. Uh, the devil's in the details. And so, you know, it is really important to have people like yourself or your legal team or your accounting team uh, to really go through those agreements uh, with a fine tooth comb before you sign on the dotted line. And don't be pressured to sign on that dotted line because, you know, if they're willing to pull the deal, um, you know, because of, well, I mean, within reasonable cause, of course, like, you know, uh, within a, a reasonable amount of time, if you're asking to, to have the, the T's crossed and I's dotted, um, you know, if they're going to pull it because of, of uh, you know, you wanting to go through the agreement properly, then the, probably an indication that there's, a, there's an issue with that deal that's not in your favor. Um, but, you know, for all intents and purposes, I think people... Uh, Really, I mean, even in our daily lives, uh, you know, they they don't read the end user license agreements, um, and or the the agreements that we have for um, our businesses, right? Like, yeah. and it's super important, especially from you know financing, especially when you're going to a relationship uh, like that. So it is great that you know you're not just there to you know sign. Uh, on the dotted line and say goodbye, um, but it is that you are working uh, on behalf of the ownership um, and 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 your clients to ensure that the deal is going to be uh, well laid out and understood by both parties. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and one of the things that happens, um, as you know, is if there's a deal on the table and one of the parties really wants that deal to go through, then they're they're biased now because you know they look they're willing to, to kind of not look at some of the things because they're so focused on I want this deal um, that and that's when it gets a little dangerous because they're willing to you know sign on the dotted line and we'll figure that out later and that later once the relationship begins to build and especially if it's, it's if it's a successful transaction where there's actually growth in the company then those little little details come out and they become really big after. Yeah. you know yeah they grow quickly under that magnifying glass uh, yeah yes. absolutely and money is is you know one of those really sort of taboo subjects i think a lot of people just want to go and get that deal done because they see you know the future but i mean even a one percent you know shift in either direction could be astronomical when compounded over time um you know whether it's in their favor or against them so i mean it is really important to to have somebody you know show you the pros and cons and, and not be rushed to make a decision. I think the instant gratification economy really doesn't help. Um, you know, everybody wants to be this business tycoon or, or business titan on, on one side of, of, of the pond. Like, you know, they feel like grass is greener on the other side, but 
you know, I'll, I'm a philosopher that says, uh, you know, grass is greener where you decide to nurture it, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, I think in that sense, I think people, you know, when you're too greedy and you're you're so focused on the the money or so focused on the end result that you you can really get burned in the back end. So, yeah, you know, end of the day, you know, we see that relationships that you know healthy relationships are the ones that are going to prosper right and if any of those if, if if the balance is tilted in one way or another and you know in the long run it's never going to work one of the parties will get tired of that or will feel that it wasn't fair and it might not feel fair at the beginning but at the end it becomes larger and larger so um in this conversation we're having in the, in the call just before this it was you know they didn't like some of the things we were saying to them. They're going to negotiate the final agreement with this company. And, but I said to them, I said, you guys got to build up a little bit of thick skin here and you've got to be willing to walk away. Otherwise you do not want to get into a relationship that there's not going to feel it's balanced on both sides. Right. That's a key thing. Um, and I'm just going to add something here, uh, Justin, because it's funny when we started this company, it was all about how do we plug, you know, what, you know, people that want money with the money. That was the, that was the initial, but then um, an example is we got a, we got a, a referral from the BDC. So the BDC um, had a client that couldn't get financed. You know, they, they, the BDC said, you know, there's a, there's a piece of this business we don't like. So here's Gatesbridge. Good luck. So we looked at this, we chatted with BDC, because one of the things we have access to is kind of the higher level conversations at all the banks with BDC and some of the lenders. And so, you know, we're not just saying, you know, we, we really want to understand why did, you know, why did you say no to this deal? What happened? So they'll say, well, it was because of X or Y or Z. So what we'll do is a lot of times we'll say, okay, if you don't like X, what if we take X out? You're left with Y and Z. Would you then finance the company? Yeah. Okay. So then we'll we'll go back and a lot of times we'll like, will we do the business plan? Will we do the pitch deck? Or we'll um, we'll get a partner to come in uh, that has those qualifications they're looking for. So what I'm trying to say is we've now become more of a of a financing consultancy firm than just uh, you know just hooking up cash and clients. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So then in your opinion, um, you know, given your, your experience to date, what are the three biggest misconceptions that a person might have uh, in terms of getting financing and, uh, you know, in terms of, of walking into a deal like this? Um, <clears throat> so number one, I've kind of spoke about it already, which is, um, uh, you know, when you get a no, that it's an, it's a final no, you're done, right? Usually, if it's a no, um, you gotta understand what the no is, and is there a way to fix that? That's number one. So, second misconception is, um, you know, the, the, the you know, I, I only have one option, which is my bank, right? Or, or then, um, uh, you know, using here's something very important is using equity from my house, let's say, to finance, you know my business partnership or my business venture. Um, that's two. The third one misconception is I'm alone on this. There's nobody else 
that, that can help me. You know, I'm, I'm trying to do this. I'm going to go at this alone. And I either have, you know, the hat of being an entrepreneur and I'm going to be successful or not. Amazing. And so if somebody wanted to connect with you and learn a little bit more, maybe even be interested in, in a discussion, maybe they're in, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and maybe you're in discussion to find financing, you know, where's somebody going to be able to connect with you, Pablo? Um, so probably the best way is, is our website. So um, it's gatesbridge.ca. Um, and, um, you know, that's probably the easiest and best, uh, best, you know, closest um access to us uh, or my email is it's p and then it's l-e-i-t-e-s p-latest at gatesbridge.ca or or through you <laughs> yeah absolutely well make sure if you guys listen to the podcast and you talk to pablo make sure you let him know that that's where you heard him from um so one thing i ask all of my podcast guests before we wrap up for the day is what is a book or a resource material that has deeply impacted your life to this day um Oh man, there's, a, there's quite a few, but if, you know, if we're talking about business, um, okay, can, is it just one? Can it be two? I, I'll give you two. I'll give you two. All right. Okay. One number one is uh, the myth. Have you heard about the myth? Yes, absolutely. Right? So the myth is, I think, is the basis for anybody who's looking to get into business. Um, it's just a good, solid uh, roadmap. Um, you know, doesn't matter how small your business is. You've got to think as if it was a franchise. Have all the systems in place. Um, it just it's it's just a good it's a good solid book, right? Um, and another book that I um, that I really uh, in, recommend is is a Joe Dispenza. I don't know. It's, it's more it's more on the um, you know spiritual and then personal growth side of things. But it it the importance of having a clear mental you know um, state. When you're doing business it's so important right and you know not being limited by what's exactly in front of us as business owners and as entrepreneurs that is you know as important as anything else in my mind yeah absolutely mental flexibility is really important um, entirely yeah definitely definitely well thank you so much for sharing your insight and knowledge with us those people who are listening thank you so much for hanging in, tuning in, and I hope you guys learned something because I did too. Um, Pablo, thank you so much for being on the show today and I really appreciate the time. Thanks, Justin. A pleasure. We want to thank you for listening to the Digging Deep Podcast with 360 Media. Your time is valuable and we're deeply humbled that you are spending this time with us. We'd love to connect with you. Find us on Instagram at 360photo and at Tactical Titans. You can also email us. We want to make this channel great, something you enjoy and find tons of value in. Send us your insights to info at 360photo.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It helps us reach more listeners. As always, tune in next week as we dig deeper into business and marketing.